Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution, Major League Soccer, and the U.S. National Team on WNRI AM 1380 and streaming live on the internet at WNRI.com. Brought to you by Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. And now, Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Sean Donahue, joined here today in the studio by Brian O'Connell of ResNet.com. I know Revolution action this past week. Uh, it's certainly plenty of action throughout the league with DC United with a big 4 to nothing victory over FC Dallas uh, to move into first place tied with the Revolution in the Eastern Conference, and they do have a game in hand. They also have a significant lead now, I believe, in goal differential as well. Uh, so the Revs have some work to do now if they want to get first place in the Eastern Conference. They do have D.C. coming up, actually, their, their uh, next actual uh, league match. They do have a very important game coming up on Tuesday, their U.S. Open Cup semifinal against the Carolina Railhawks, which we'll talk a little bit more on later. Uh, but with the league action this weekend, certainly the results did not go the way the Revolution had hoped. Uh, absolutely, and uh, and it makes that DC game even bigger with the uh, with them tied right now in first place, and obviously uh, DC with and when it comes to goal differential, obviously you know you, you'd rather you'd rather have it settled upon points rather than goal differential, but especially with the fact that the Revs have you know seemingly struggled to score goals lately, um, you hope it doesn't come to that, but at the same time you know it makes. It makes the next game versus their next game actually versus DC uh, that much more critical. You know, it would be nice uh, to go in DC and get three uh, three points and um, you know go ahead and leapfrog them. Um, but you know, at the same time, you know, you gotta you gotta take take something from that game and hopefully you know build upon it. Uh, a win would obviously do them wonders uh, going forward uh, as the season as the regular season concludes. So obviously, you know, they have that that the uh, U.S. Open Cup game versus Carolina. Uh, obviously that, that's a, that's a, you know, important game, but obviously, if you ask any Revolution fan, the more critical game is the game versus, uh, uh, DC next Sunday. Well, you also have to look at how DC's current form is against Dallas, who is a team that's been the top team in the Western Conference. A 4 nothing victory. Dallas also signing, uh, Danielson, him making his debut. Uh, you gotta think that that's a game that Dallas, was going to come out and put a good performance, but DC really dominated them from you know the opening whistle to the end of the match. Uh, it's it's got to be scary looking at that team uh, as the player on the Revolution, seeing them coming up, having to go away to DC in particular. Uh, DC really started the season poorly, but the way they've been playing now, they certainly look like a championship type, champi- championship caliber team. Uh, so it's going to come right down to the wire in the Eastern Conference if the if the, this keeps up with the way the Revolution has been playing and the way DC has been playing. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, it's almost like a mirror image of what happened last year. Uh, you had you know New England kind of like you know a guy playing playing games here and there, and you know not really playing up to the caliber uh, of play that they were capable of. And then all of a sudden, uh, everything just turned on. I mean, all they were firing on all cylinders t- down the stretch while DC sputtered. Not that I'm saying that the Revolution are sputtering. It's just it's almost 
almost, uh, I guess it's almost uh, poetic justice that a year after what happened last year, almost the exact opposite is happening where uh, D.C., they kind of struggled out of the gate. They found their form, you know, midway through the season. Now they're really on fire. They beat, like you said, you they had beat the FC Dallas team, which had just uh, acquired Danielson. And you would think that, you know, going into the into the DC game, the Revs, you know, have have a, a little bit of a bigger plate in front of them as far as, you know, uh, getting getting three points at hopefully getting three points in DC and, uh, you know, going from there. Um, you know, it'll certainly. I think if anything, it brings uh, almost a playoff atmosphere to a game like that, where you have where the stakes are high, and you know both clubs are tied right now. So um, you know, let's let's hope hopefully they can find the goal scoring touch again. And uh, DC has a midweek game too, as well as the Revs. Not an Open Cup game, but against QS USA. Uh, that's going to be another difficult game. I believe they're on the road for that one. Uh, but the way they handled Dallas, uh, it's going to be very interesting. I don't think. I believe Chivas actually still has not lost at home this season. Uh, so hopefully that game worked for the Revolution's advantage. Uh, but it's going to be interesting, as we've said. Uh, looking at D.C. too, they have 40 goals now. We've talked about the Revs being the top-scoring team in MLS. No longer the case with the way D.C.'s been playing. Uh, also only allowing 23 goals, uh, which is five less than the Revolution, uh, five less than any other team in the Eastern Conference, as a matter of fact. So D.C. is really turning into the class of the league. Uh, we talked about home records. They have 7-1-2 at home now, only one loss at home. It's not going to be an easy match at all in D.C. for the Revolution. Uh, and it's not going to be an easy match for them on Tuesday against Carolina team that's only given up one goal so far in this Open Cup competition. So the Revolution, for as, as high as they are in the standings, still have a lot of work to do. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's almost kind of a blessing in disguise, the U.S. Open Cup game, where, you know, it had been, it's going to be two weeks between matches, uh, MLS matches for the Revs. So it's almost kind of... You know, almost like a dress rehearsal for the Revs to kind of hopefully find their spark as far as goal scoring goes. Um, you know, it, it would almost seem, and I, I hate to curse, I hate to curse the fortunes of the team, but you hope they could, they kind of, you know, score a few goals during the, uh, during the U.S. Open Cup game on Tuesday and that, you know, two goals, Mias, three goals, anything above that would be great just to, just to kind of put them back on the, uh, just to put them kind of, kind of back on the, uh, offensive attack as far as, you know, racking up goals the way they did earlier in, and, uh, you know, in the past, few weeks up up until a few weeks ago where you know it just seems lately that they've been somewhat struggling to find uh to find the back of the net and they have uh, actually made a recent signing uh one of the two gambian players that they were looking at uh they actually also released ryan soul rookie uh that looked promising from where he was drafted i guess he had a good combine uh had an ankle injury hasn't played uh for the first team and a little disappointing to see him leave so soon and also uh arsenoka who was a guy who uh, the first match of the season actually made his MLS debut, uh, but since then has yet to play. Uh, he was a guy that, I guess, seeing seeing start that not start but come off the bench for that Chicago game made me have uh, hopes that we might see some more of him this season. Uh, but he's another guy that we've, they've seen go. Uh, and the other kind of disappointing news is uh, the the player Dusan Petkovic, the guy who they were looking to sign from uh, Serbia. I, I was actually at the practice on Thursday, and I was there with uh, Jim Dowell from, and Tony Vizcaibo from Revsnet. And we saw him go down injured in that match. Uh, so that's going to be disappointing for the team as well. They were actually sounded like hoping they would have him available, maybe even for this Open Cup match. But now whether they've signed him or not, which I don't know the full details on that, uh, injury-wise, doesn't look like he'll be able to play. Yeah, exactly. And um, just to go back on the uh, on, on the on the signing of Nyasi, the the kid from the U U20 Gambian team. Um, you know, I know that all along for the past few weeks, uh, Steve Nichol had been when approached about the issue of bringing in a player down the stretch before the uh, before the uh, MLS roster freeze goes into effect on September 15th. He was hoping in to he was hoping to bring in an attacking type player, and uh, I can't personally say that I've I've specifically watched 
uh, Nyasi play. I've seen I've seen the matches in, uh, involving the Gambian team. Uh, they looked pretty good, um, but I can't really speak on specifically Nyasi. Um, and you just hope that you know, as 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 a threat as an attack as as far as I've read, he's he's somewhat in the mold of an attacking midfielder where he's not afraid to go up and you know try to put the ball on net, but. At the same time, you also hope that maybe there's maybe one or two more players out there that maybe Nickel has his eye on, um, you know. And then of course you have the release of Sali in in, in Oka, and you know I was a fan I was a fan of Oka, and, I, and I actually like you had said, seeing him come off the bench versus Chicago, you were hoping hmm, maybe this is a, you know a preview of things to come where you know he becomes the he becomes the first choice sub for Nickel, you know, this year. But you know after that he kind of fell off the map, and you know you just you. Yeah, you're kind of at a loss as to explain, you know, um, obviously his roster spot was crucial. He was a youth international, obviously, to make room for Nyasi. Nyasi's uh, a youth international, so obviously that's that's the spot he takes up. Um, and then as far as Salah goes, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because he looked... He looked like a promising player, uh, somebody who could have uh, helped the team next year, as far as you know, uh, as far as their midfielding cores go. Um, but you never know. I mean, you know, maybe we'll see these guys again, maybe not. But at the same time, um, you know, and then like you had said, uh, <clears throat> like you just hope, you just hope that you know, uh, with with, um, with with the uh, with the injury rich. bug, yeah. That you just you just hope that it's not serious. It's it's something that they can they that they can wrap up as far as you know signing a player that doesn't get hurt. I guess you could say. <laughs> and, and you talked about uh, needing to open up that roster spot. Uh, they do still have the two senior international roster spots available. Uh, we're thinking that one of them is going to be one of them is going to be filled by Petkovic, uh, but the other the other roster spot opened up by uh, Ryan Sole being released uh, could possibly for the the other Gambian player they were looking at Mansali. Uh, who scored a great left-footed free-kick goal against Portugal in the Under-20 World Cup. An- another promising player. Maybe not, maybe, there's two maybe not guys that are going to help the team this year, but uh, at that young age, certainly players that could have an impact down the road. Very promising players. M- more known quantities than some of the guys the Reds have drafted, which is what we've seen on the Under-20 World Cup. And maybe a few years down the road, these are the guys that could challenge a guy like Connell Smith for a left midfield spot. Uh, certainly that's a spot that fans have talked about as maybe needing an upgrade there. Uh, Connell Smith, not the most consistent player by any stretch. I know I've talked to Nickel recently. He talked about uh, Smith's development. He says he needs to be, you know, I put in a good performance in four out of five games. Right now, maybe he's at three out of five. Still got a ways to go there. Uh, it's just good to have more competition from these players that have shown they can do it uh, at the youth international stage. Absolutely, and uh, and you go back to Connell Smith, and um, like you'd said, I think he's kind of drawn the ire of a lot of fans uh, with his uh, inconsistent play and. You know, it's tough. I really feel for for Kano because of the fact that he's not he's not by nature, uh, you know, a winger. He's he's a forward, and and when the Revolution signed him, he was a forward playing for the Bermudan uh, for Bermudan national team, I believe. And um, you know, he's he's a converted he's a converted midfielder, and I think you know you can only take that so you can only take that excuse for so long before you have to start and say, okay, he's been he's been on the left, you know, long enough. It's time for him to start stepping up or, you know, cutting bait and, you know, uh, you know, inserting somebody else. So, you know, we'll see. Um, I, I certainly hope that one of these two Gambians, I know that, you know, Nyasi's obviously signed, but the, and the other one really, uh, he's not signed yet. But at the same time, you know, if they do bring him in, you know, maybe he is, uh, you know, quality competition for that left wing spot, maybe at the end of this year, maybe, uh, and certainly next year if they do, they do end up signing him. I know, uh, when the last time I had you on, even, I think I was talking about, 
uh, the free kicks right there. And there's a guy, Mansali, who's left-footed and can take a great free kick from there. Uh, he's the one that hasn't been signed yet. But uh, from what we've heard, it sounds like they're planning on still signing him. He, he came out as a sub mostly in the, in the uh, under-20 World Cup. But he played a big role in their success with the winning goal against Portugal while they were down a man. And, and he's a guy that adds kind of a different dimension, uh, whereas Kano Smith, uh, we've seen him try to take the free kick, something he needs to work on, maybe he'll get better at. Uh, hasn't, hasn't had the best results in the past, but now they have a guy, uh, sh- should that signing be completed, uh, where they can do that. Maybe, maybe he will be seeing more time because of the position he plays, whereas uh, if he played maybe an attacking midfield role like Dorman, where it sounds like uh, Niasi might be, might be more comfortable in that kind of role, uh, he might have a harder time breaking into the lineup. Yeah, absolutely, and um, you know, like you had said, you know, at why why Connell Smith is still taking free kicks at this point is beyond me. Uh, personally, not to not to knock him personally, but uh, you know, it's obviously not his strength. Um, you know, so at the same point, like you had said, maybe that maybe the um, may, maybe he he could start taking some free kicks. Uh, the other the other uh, Gambian international, um, but Nyasi, you know, I I I'm kind of intrigued by his by his signing because. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of, it's kind of, <clears throat> it's someone that I know that we, you and I have both seen in training before. Uh, we didn't know who he was. We just had a vague idea of who, of who was there. And, you know, it, it's obviously some, it's a, he's obviously been a player, um, that, that Nickel and company have actually lo- have, have looked at for an extended amount of time. So I guess, you know, they just made it official by, by signing him this past Friday. Um, and then let's see. Like, I mean, if they, they, like you said, they still have two, uh, senior spots right now. So, you know, it's just a matter of who they use those spots on and as far as who they bring in. Um, you know, maybe Pekovic is one of those guys. Uh, just depends on what his injury is at the extent of it. Um, but other than that, you know, maybe, maybe there's somebody else. Uh, Jose Manuel Abundas, anybody? <laughs> And the other two thing, the other thing that those two players add that maybe we do, the team is lacking is is speed. I know from seeing them in training, those two guys are fast. I, I remember uh, one of the two. I still, to be honest, have not been able to you know associate which one is which at this point. Uh, I haven't seen enough of them, but I remember seeing one of the two actually outrun Kano Smith, you know, track him down when Kano Smith gets going. So he, he's certainly not a slow guy there. And seeing one of them be able to outrun him, keep up with him, uh, really shows that these two guys have speed. Maybe that. Uh, is a different dimension that the Revolution are lacking in and could really help the team. Absolutely, and uh, I think you had mentioned the speed. I mean, absolutely, I, I remember one specific sequence, and uh, I think that was a training that you and I both at, were at one time. I think it was back in August, uh, last month. Um, where again, we, you know, we didn't know who was who because there, there were the names weren't available at the time. But, uh, but a couple of the Gambian players, uh, according to rumor, uh, were there and they were, and they were, you know, really hustling, you know, out on the pitch. And I remember one specific sequence in which, uh, the ball was being played back to Matt Reese. I, I forgot who played it back to him. But, uh, one of the Gambian kids just like raced up and actually challenged for the ball. And, you know, that's something you want to see. That's something you want to see as far as any player goes, specifically, you know, a, a kid you're, you're looking to bring in. That he's he's willing to go, he's willing to you know make that kind of make that kind of effort to really open some eyes and you just hope that it keeps continuing, um, you know. So you know we'll see. I mean, it, it doesn't hurt to have the it appears it doesn't hurt to have these guys right now. Uh, how Nicole wants to utilize you know Nyasi at this point in the season, you know, it remains to be seen. Um, but you know the prospects of having Nyasi at least, and then maybe the, his uh, his buddy come in and you know also take that second take take a, uh, an international roster spot. You know it's it's something to keep an eye on. That's for sure. And you mentioned uh, one of them chasing after Reese. Maybe not the best goalkeeper to have the most success <laughs> against. That's actually a, a point 
uh, to bring up. We've seen teams this year don't seem to pressure Matt Reese that much because they know that he's so good with the ball at his feet. But that is some, uh, something that you like to see out of your forwards, particularly against other goalkeepers, because most of the goalkeepers in the league do not have the skills with the ball at their feet, at Matt, with the ball at their feet as Matt Reese does. Uh, but again, I wanted to look at a little bit at the scores before we talk a little bit more about the Open Cup match coming up. Uh, there were lots of games going on this week. The first being on Wednesday with Kansas City taking on Salt Lake. Salt Lake actually winning that one three to one. It's not like a team that had one victory going into this week, <laughs> uh, beating the Wizards. The Wizards were a team that at one point were really challenging for the Eastern Conference, uh, first place in the Eastern Conference. Now certainly they've dropped down in that sense. Uh, but there are three uh, Argentine, Argentinian signings that uh, Real Salt Lake had. All, all played a part in that game. Two had goals, one, one an assist. Uh, certainly some good signings that Salt Lake were able to bring in. Uh, it would be nice to see the Revs have the same kind of luck with uh, their signing. Salt Lake needs it more than the Revs, obviously, with, the, with how the Revs are positioned. Uh, but having some guys like that be, to be able to even come off the bench would be nice. Oh, absolutely. And um, and like you had said, uh, you know, the three Argentinians coming in and making an impact for Real. I mean, honestly, like you had said, that the circumstances are different for a team like Real, who's, you know, just kind of playing out the string. A lot and, more urgent for that. Uh, absolutely. And, um, you know, the Revs obviously can kind of sit back and, you know, play play with the uh, with the players that, that have been, you know, there for, since, you know, the beginning of the season. Um, so I think there's a lot more a lot more room for I guess for lack of a better term creativity on the part of Real because of the fact that you know they're they're not making the playoffs so they can insert they can kind of uh, rearrange pieces here and there and see what works so I mean you know at the same time they have they have players like that and you know you hope hopefully the refs can find similar players as well and we already mentioned the DC at at Dallas result kind of pushes Dallas a little bit down and the and the uh, running for the supporter shield maybe even eliminates them depending on how the run goes certainly not mathematically but that hurts their chances there uh, the other result another game on Saturday was the Red Bulls uh, facing the Chicago Fire Juan Pablo Angel scoring the 75th minute of that game uh, f- fairly close game there uh, but they did a great job of containing Blanco something that other teams have had trouble doing uh, New York is another team that was really challenging for the Eastern uh, first first lead but kind of fallen down since then uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they work they certainly haven't been playing as well as we've seen them in the past uh, and on overall form, but this one against Chicago may just turn things around for them. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it'll just make the Eastern race that much more tighter. Um, you know, if 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 uh, Red Bull emerges, it could be a three-horse race with with the uh, with the Eastern in the Eastern Conference with the Revs, uh, DC, and, and Red Bull. So, you know, it, it'll make it'll make victories that much more of a premium for for the Revs to get those three points instead of you know getting ties. I know that you know going going into DC. Uh, the game within itself, you know, I'm sure Nickel would be happy with with a tie, with getting one point, one road point. Um, but obviously, you know, the sense of urgency to, to get three points for for every game is is obviously there. Um, you know, by no stretch of the imagination, by no means is there is there going to be, is it going to be a cakewalk for either three of those teams? It's going to be uh, a tightly contested battle down the stretch with you know less than with about five, I think there's six six games left in the Revolution schedule. Yeah, and looking at the uh, the other scores there too, uh, Kansas City, as you mentioned, was falling down. Actually, drew with uh, Houston Dynamo on the road. That's a that's probably a good result for the Revs because I don't see Kansas City catching up to the Revolution at this point, unless the Revolution go on a really poor streak. Uh, whereas Houston is a team that is still in the running for the Supporter Shield, uh, right up there with probably Chivas USA, Houston, 
Uh, New England and, and D.C. right now are probably the front runners for that. Yeah, and um, you know, to, to go to, to for the Wizards to go down there and Houston tie them. That's a that's a great result for them. Uh, you know, Houston is extreme. I mean, obviously they're extremely for, they're in a for, they're a formidable team, and you know, they, I believe they still lead the league with the fewest goals allowed. So um, to go in there and obviously they didn't score any goals, but at the same time to get one point out of Houston, that's that's no small task, especially for any team. Never mind the Wizards. I mean, I know the Wizards aren't you know just you know they're they're not Real, I guess you could say, but. Uh, but you know they they they've certainly proved to be uh, you know uh, a team that can pretty much score well as they as ex- an unpredictable team. Yeah, you say. we have seen some great performances from them, some really horrible performances yeah. from them, particularly after their uh, 17 day uh, streak of rest where they've gone against the Revs and uh, the Revs getting the victory away in Kansas City there when the Revs themselves had been struggling. Uh, which also brings up brings back another point where you mentioned it's probably good that the Revolution had this game on Tuesday as opposed to going two weeks without a match. Uh, we saw with the 17 days rested to a Kansas City team that was playing pretty well until their days until their rest, but since then really haven't recovered the form they had before. Then it, it might be good for the Revolution to get back uh, with the 10 days rather than the 14 days uh, and have this matchup before facing DC uh, get back into to game shape really almost because you know 10 days can be a, can be a little rusty. Uh, coming out of that. Oh, absolutely. I think it's, uh, a, you know, it's it's almost what the doctor ordered. I mean, you have you have a team like, uh, you know, you have a game like a U.S. Open Cup game. Yeah, there's pressure to win it because it is the semifinals. But at the same time, it's, I mean, it could not have been more uh, favorably scheduled for the Revolution because of the fact of, you know, the rust uh, accumulating after it with two with uh, a 15-day stretch between MLS games. So it really seems that this uh, this um, uh, U.S. Open Cup game on on Tuesday is extremely extremely well timed uh, for the Revs to kind of uh, use it as a tune-up before they go at, they go to D.C. and uh, face face the United. And Carolina, on the other hand, has a ridiculously busy schedule, and they're still in the hunt for the playoffs. But uh, it's towards the bottom of that table, so their games are extremely important for them. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what they decide to put the emphasis on. They have four games uh, in a seven-day period surrounding this Open Cup match. So they're going to have some decisions to make. I know the Open Cup would be huge for them to win that. I believe their manager is actually the same manager that managed the Rochester Rhinos uh, when they actually were the only team to have won the Open Cup since MLS teams participated in it. So certainly you got to expect they're going to put a lot of emphasis on it. But they have you know, kind of the opposite situation of the Reds where they have some key games surrounding this match that they don't really have time to rest. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you I guess at the, at the point, the, the one word springs to mind when it comes to the when it comes to Carolina is fatigue. I mean, how fatigued are they going to be? Uh, their regular season just concluded, um, and, you know, they're going into a match. Well, they, um, they still have a couple regular season oh, games left okay. to, to make the playoffs. Ah, I important see. There. All right. And, and, you know, it's it's really it's critical for them to, to win the game. I mean, how big would it be for Carolina to go in, uh, you know, to go into, uh, I guess, call it, call it the Revs home away from home um, to come up to New Brighton and, and to really knock off the Revs. I mean, that could that that could have serious repercussions for the, for our team, at least. Obviously, it would be great for the, for the Railhawks, but at the same time, for us, you know, I mean, they, they could very well catch us napping, you know, by just by just, you know, thinking it's just, you know, a dress rehearsal for 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 sun, uh, Sunday's match versus D.C. Um, so, you know, I'm sure Nickel will have will have his troops ready for for that game. And, you know, we'll see what kind of we'll see what kind of substitutions are made and we'll see what kind of uh, what kind of starting starting 11 we'll see on the pitch uh, come Tuesday. And talking about Carolina, we are going to have uh, Marco Rosa, the uh, PR a public relations guy for uh, the Carolina Railhawks to come on a little bit later. Uh, we've talked about inconsistency with a team like Kansas City. If you look at their schedule, they've had periods where they've had some great wins, 3 nothing, 4 nothing, you know, 2 nothing victories, and then they had a one-street stretch where they actually lost five matches in a row. 
so they're another team that you don't know what to expect. They came away with a uh, one to nothing loss to uh, the Portland Timbers, uh, actually at home on Saturday. So they again they had a busy schedule there. Saturday, then they play the Revolution on Tuesday, then they play Minnesota on Thursday away, then they play the California Victory on Saturday away. You can't really get a more difficult schedule than that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's 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 a tough schedule right there, and you just hope that you know, like you know, as, as fortunate as it is for the Revs to have this kind of uh, you know, I, I don't want I don't want to call it a warm up, but to have this match on Tuesday prior to the DC game, um, you know, you almost you almost think it's the exact opposite for uh, for Carolina because they have so many games in that small amount of time that you know. I'm sure that that uh, you know their, their coach will be using their substitutes very very wisely as far as who starts and who comes in as a sub and when those substitutions are made. So um, by no means is this going to be. It, do I think anyone is going to take this game lightly? Um, nor should they because of the fact that not only is their hardware on the line, but also for the fact that um, that this game is I, I would believe very crucial to both teams. And Carolina would be very happy to get another upset. They already have knocked out an MLS side to to get where they are today. Uh, in this competition, uh, but the Revolution certainly should be wary of of uh, any upsets because we've seen in the past. Uh, obviously, as I mentioned, they knocked off Chicago Fire, Carolina, but the Revs in the past have certainly had their own struggles against lesser division teams. Lost out to Rochester a couple of times. Lost to the uh, actually New Britain. They lost in overtime to the Long Island Rough Riders. Uh, they even lost to the Mid Michigan Bucks of the PDL, which is a, a very embarrassing defeat back then. Uh, so I, I think with Nicholas, especially this year, we've seen him play his best lineup uh, for all of these matches against uh, Rochester and against uh, the Harrisburg City Islanders, so I don't think we're, we're expect to see anything different, especially with this rest against Carolina, where in the past we've seen Nickel play uh, kind of weaker lineups, last year not necessarily, the previous years, and uh, get burned for it. Oh yeah, definitely, and um, the thing the thing is, I, and that, that's an important point to make, is that this year he's really uh, put on a first team uh, squad out there when when it comes to U.S. Open Cup competition. I, I remember last year, you know, he, he didn't start a lot of uh, the regulars, but you also saw a lot of the rookies, you saw a lot of the first year players uh, get minutes, which is fine, but at the same time, um, you know, I guess there's more of a sense of urgency this year with respect to the U.S. Open Cup. I remember at the beginning of this year, uh, you know, Steve Nichol ha- held a press conference with the media, and I leave the issue of how seriously the U.S. Open Cups were going to take as far as precedence goes, um, as far as, you know, what, at what kind of premium are, are, is the cl- is he going to place on U.S. Open Cup competition? And uh, he says his, you know, he said he said that the objective was to win an MLS Cup first, and that's fine. That should be everyone's objective, but at the same time, um, you know, don't don't frown, don't look down upon it. You know, a U.S. Open Cup because that's hardware. That's something that you know that's, that's something we don't have, and it would be nice to have it. And, and uh, it's something that I take very seriously. The Open Cup, a tournament that's been back since 1914, doesn't exactly. get the respect it deserves or the media attention it deserves. Uh, but it would be nice to see these teams putting more emphasis on it. Part of the reason it doesn't get the respect it deserves is because some of these MLS teams go out there and play the weaker lineups, like the Revs used to do. And uh, some of the other teams have done this year, particularly the teams in the Super League that really needed the games rest. And it's really come back to bite them. Uh, you see a team like Seattle that's got a f- eight and one goal, def- eight, <laughs> eight goals for one goal against in this tournament against two MLS teams they faced, a five nothing victory over the Colorado Rapids. Uh, that's a team that could end up in the final. The Revs might might even make it all the way to the final without having played a single MLS team, you know, including the final. 
Uh, obviously, they haven't played an MLS team yet. They win the semifinals, they go to the final. There's a very good chance they could face the Seattle team that's done so well so far. So it's really possibly their best chance of winning a trophy this year when, as we mentioned, these other teams such as D.C. have really turned things up in MLS action. They're already out of the Open Cup. And hopefully it's a trend. Hopefully it's, uh, you know, the, the way that uh, Nicholas has been using his players. Uh, you hope it's a trend among the rest of the league. You just hope that the rest of the league, uh, the teams in, the, in, in, this, uh, in this competition, take it as seriously as it appears uh, Stephen Nickel has. Uh, now, I, understandably, when you have teams like LA and and, and other teams like that that are in Super League, I mean, that's three tournaments that they're playing in. It's tough. And, you know, uh, especially with LA, with the fact that all, like, most of their games are backloaded in the second half to accommodate the Beckham, uh, arrival. Um, so you really can't place a lot of the blame right there. But at the same time, uh, you just, you, you, you really wish that more, uh, more MLS clubs would place a, a much greater emphasis on these U.S. Open Cup matches for the fact that it is such a prestigious, it is a prestigious tournament. It's the, it's the nation's oldest tournament. And, you know, you really wish that, you know, a lot, you know, the top teams in uh, the top teams in the country would take it more seriously. Well, we are going to have to take a quick break here, and I'll be back with uh, Carolina's uh, public relations uh, Marco Rosa to see what he has to say about his team's performances this year and uh, what he expects of that game and the emphasis that they'll put on it. for soccer in New England? It's all right here at Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. New England's premier soccer magazine celebrating over 20 years of in-depth soccer coverage. Professional teams, college soccer, men's and women's amateur leagues, youth and high school teams. Soccer New England Magazine's got it covered. Looking for youth soccer camps? You'll find them here. Dedicated to bringing the excitement of soccer home to you with stories, scores, and insights in both print and on the web. Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. This is the game. Soccer football. Call it what you want it. The world's language. If you live for the game and it runs in your veins, say ole, ole, oh, ole. Pass me the ball, dame la pelota. I'm burning down the field, getting hotter than a toaster. I flip fake and juke like Ronaldinho. Me, I'm just a man, but look at you, you're just a nino. When we go, a 4-3-3 should be illegal. Cause we be making plays while you're hogging it like Schmigo. Your ego is just too big to catch the stilo. Jogo Bonito, you hit the ground like Luis Figo. Oh no, oh no, watch me give and go. Now I'm weaving through the D like I'm the Ronaldo. Ha, if you could only see, I'm Tati with the shot of Thierry Henry. If you live for the game and it runs in your veins, say ole, ole, oh, ole, ole. And 
And now back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue on WNRI AM 1380. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue, joined here in the studio by Brian O'Connell from ResNet. Now over the phone, we have Marco Rosa from uh, the Carolina Railhawks. Marco, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hello, Sean. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot for joining us today. Oh, I appreciate you calling up on uh, this Labor Day weekend. And now uh, we've been looking at your team's uh, recent results. Obviously, fans in New England haven't had seen too much of a Carolina Redhawks team. Uh, actually, their first year, uh, first year in the USL. W- what can you tell us about their team this year? It seems like they've done pretty inconsistent so far in the league. Well, we've been uh, we've had some trouble uh, halfway through the season <laughs> with. Uh, with a couple of key injuries and, and, and key losses during, uh, during the season. However, as far as it pertains to the uh, U.S. Open Cup, we've been really doing the right things at the right time and coming out strong for that. So the boys really understand the value of the tournament. And, and looking at uh, the schedule you have coming up, they have some uh, crucial games as far as playoff positioning and making the playoffs. Uh, four games and really a short stretch. Do you think they're going to be against the Portland team? Did they rest anybody, or do you think they're going to be going all out in all these games and hoping all their players are going to be healthy for them? They rested a couple of guys that were out due to uh, card accumulation on Saturday. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, a lot of things have to happen for us to to make the playoffs, and uh, you know, but we still control our own destiny. We uh, after the U.S. Open Cup, we go to Minnesota and California, which are two relatively easy teams, but have, they have spoiled the party for other teams. Minnesota just beat Seattle in Seattle last week, and Seattle's one of the top teams in the league. Um, as far as giving it everything in every single game we have left, uh, that's what Scotty Schweitzer has instilled in the players. I know they'll give a lot of heart. They'll, they'll play to their fullest, and they really will play every game as if it was a do-or-die event. Is it disappointing that the team has to go into such a crucial matchup with... Uh it's really such a busy schedule surrounding. I know the Revolution this year have had uh, some tough streaks there, uh, where they played some games where that haven't really been their best performances because of you know the lack of rest. I um, I understand that. I mean, uh, we have a roster of 26 guys. Obviously, we don't have 26 guys who are traveling. We do have still have some uh, some injuries. Um, I am confident that Scotty, our, our coach, will play the right 11 on Tuesday night, and uh, I don't think he will rest anybody in preparation to the playoffs. He will have, he'll talk to the boys, making sure that they are focused on the game at hand, and then on Wednesday morning, on their way to Minnesota, they will think about the game on Thursday. Looking at your team's roster, uh, who are some of the players that the Revolution need to watch out for, that the Revolution fans should keep an eye on? We know Connolly Adosian from his time in New England. It sounds like he's having a very good season, but who are some of the other players that uh, maybe a Revolution fan wouldn't know that you should keep an eye on? So you want to give, it, uh, give away some secrets. Well, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, our back line is one of the best back lines in the league. Uh, we've shown it day in, day out against a couple of MLS teams. Uh, our back four are Chad Dombrowski, Frankie Sanfilippo, um, David Stokes, who the Revs fans might know from, uh, yeah. uh, was from DC United, and Caleb Norcus, who is a local uh, player from Raleigh, who, um, who used, used to be a forward, and Scotty put him in the back, and he really earned that position. And then obviously Connolly, you know, the Revs fans know him. Uh, he's having a great year this year. 
He's uh, been scoring some goals. He's our leading scorer right now. He's our offensive MVP, as voted by his teammates. And uh, Capone Lowe, who's a defensive midfielder, the MVP of the season, fantastic player. We acquired him um, from the Virginia Beach holding um, at the beginning of the season, and he has just been solid in the midfield. Do you feel that the team has some uh, a lot of options? Uh, you mentioned the injuries, but do you feel the team has good depth and players off the bench that maybe come on and change a game? Absolutely. With this uh, this team, a lot of them, some of them do have MLS experience. We, uh, I mentioned obviously Connolly and uh, and Dave, but also Chris Carrieri, yeah, who was a first draft pick, um, I believe, for the Colorado Rapids, and uh, he had some tough times, and he's learned to. Uh, to calm down as he gets older, which is fantastic, because he's been having some great games for us. Um, Johnny Steele, the young kid from Ireland, also fantastic offensive midfielder, great on the left side or the right side. Um, and up top, we have Anthony Mayer, um, Connolly, uh, Kevin Jeffrey, who's a guy from Trinidad who's uh, has a lot of experience in the USL leagues. And um, Joey Worthen, who can play pretty much any position you want him to play, he, uh, he came to us from uh, Real Salt Lake, but he's played in the midfield, he's played up front, he's played in the back. He really is a solid guy, and some of these guys will start off the bench and will come in and, and hopefully scare some of your boys. And We all talked about their uh, their victory over the Chicago Fire earlier in the Open Cup. Uh, it's, there's been a lot of upsets this year so far uh, for the lower division teams, the USL 2 and USL 1 teams against MLS opposition. Uh, what do you think that says as far as the, the quality of play between the two leagues? Is it getting closer? Is uh, the USL kind of kind of getting better? Or is it more uh, that they're taking this, this competition more seriously than some of the MLS teams are this year? I just think it gives a lot of credit to the league itself. Uh, USL has done a great job in uh, helping out the teams. Excuse me. Um, really, really work hard to attain certain goals. And on the field, a lot of our players have started their careers in the MLS and just didn't like it, decided to play in the USL, um, or are on their way up there, fresh out of college. It really shows, though, I don't think that the MLS teams didn't give much importance because we know, especially with Chicago Fire being the current champ, champs, yeah. we know that you guys, I mean, all the teams come and give it, give it their all. Uh, I don't think, uh, was it Seattle and Colorado? Yep. Colorado played the first team lineup there and still lost five to nothing. <laughs> you know, I don't think that that was. It just showed that Seattle was focused and knew what they were doing. Seattle's got one for me, one of the greatest uh, um, uh, forwards in the league, uh, Sebastian Latou, is Frenchman, and they really, you know, they just gave it their all. Maybe it helps that we, you know, we had our the games at home. Maybe that's where the MLS didn't give too much importance. You know, thinking. It's not really a sellable game to get fans to the game. And that's why, you know, we had the 12th man on the field, whether it was Seattle, whether it was us, or um, Charleston, or other teams. And for a game like that, how does, how does your team, uh, a team like Carolina, prepare? Do they watch, do they want any kind of video watching to see uh, who they're going to be up against? I know I talked to the, the Revolution coaching staff, and it sounded like you know they were more concerned with how how they performed, not not really, you know, for a team that they don't know much about, didn't sound like they're going to actually do that much, you know, looking into uh, to how Carolina plays. Is that kind of the opposite for you guys? Do you look and uh, kind of watch some of the Revolution games? or? Well, you know these, I mean, you know footballers, they uh, live and breathe soccer every day. 
if there's a soccer game on television, they'll watch, they'll watch it, and they'll dissect it, and they'll analyze it. So I'm sure they've been watching film and watching what's going on throughout your season and uh, and and everything else. So um, and I'm sure that also uh, your coach has done the same thing with us, trying to get some film on us or looking back at uh, past performances. And uh, I'm pretty sure that you know there won't be any surprises for anybody. Maybe we know a little bit more about the Revs, and the Revs might know a little bit more about us just because we are a brand new team. And that's just a little amount of surprise that might give us a little bit more of the upper hand. And if you had to look at the you know the emphasis that uh, the team puts on this, or compared to the to making the playoffs, uh, where would you say that the team is more desperate to win this Open Cup match or uh, making it into the playoffs? I tell you one thing, um, Coach Schweitzer said this at the beginning of the season: if there's a piece of hardware in play, we want it. So there's nothing that's more important or less important. Uh, we uh, we won a uh, fan base cup this past month uh, by beating Charleston, and it's a little uh, little tournament within the teams of Charleston, Atlanta, and us. That was our first piece of hardware. Hopefully, our second piece of hardware will be the championship, and our third will be the U.S. Open Cup. So we take every game as seriously as the as the uh, previous game, uh, regardless of the tournament. How has the fan sport been for uh, the Carolina Railhawks team in their first season? It's been fantastic. We have averaged 5,000 uh, fans a game in a great facility here in Cary, North Carolina. Um, it seats about 7,000 and then has an extra 1,000 standing room only. We've had peaks of sellouts when we hosted Cruz Azul uh, in July with a full house, 8,500. Last night, our final regular season home game, 6,500 fans on hand. We lost. We maybe shouldn't have lost that game. We played extremely well. It was just, uh, you know, the luck of the draw. It's, uh, it's a soccer game. It can go either way all the time. Expecting any kind of away support coming up to uh, this game in New Britain? We might have some fans. There's been some talk on the message boards. It's hard. It's a, excuse me, it's a Tuesday, Tuesday game. It's a day after a holiday. Some people might be taking an extra day off. Who knows? Um, I myself am not sure still if I'm going to make it. I'm talking to some of the players who are not traveling to uh, get in the car and go and... Uh, and give our support to uh, to our brothers um, in this in this match. But uh, I'm pretty sure that it's going to be a great game either way, and uh, and obviously the best team will will win. It might be a long one though. Do, do you think there's extra motion, uh, extra uh, motivation there, kind of, to to be the first team to make it all the way to the final, uh, first non MLS team to make it all the way f- to the final since uh, Rochester did it? Well, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting question considering uh, Chris Economides, our president, was the uh, president and GM of that 1999 Rochester team, and uh, Scott Schweitzer, our coach, was on that team. Obviously, there's pressure. Obviously, it means a lot. Uh, it also shows that we have a little bit more experience in getting to, to that point. Um, the other interesting thing is that if we were to win on Tuesday and Seattle was to win on Tuesday, it would be, be the first time since the pro era started in 95 that two USL teams are in the final, and that's something to look at, too. And there's a lot of interesting you know, history in this cup competition. It's just a shame that it doesn't get the you know, kind of attention that uh, it really deserves for how long it's been around. Well, the game of soccer, unfortunately, doesn't get the attention that it deserves. I grew up in Milan, Italy, so soccer's in my blood. Um, I still don't understand how 
the most popular sport in the world. It's still not the most popular sport in this country. But uh, obviously, it is the second oldest tournament of its kind in the world. It's got a lot of history. It's, uh, it's just a great tournament, and it goes to show that not always the top teams uh, in a league or in a pro league are the best teams in the league. And, and uh, is your team at all disappointed that, uh, as far as for the bidding for the final game, uh, that sh- should should they win, that the game will be away? Um, the fans are a little disappointed. There's talk in the message boards about um, saying, well, did they really care about getting it or not? We did. We just bid what we could afford at that time, so uh, or what we thought we could afford. And unfortunately, we got outbid, outbid by both... Um, Dallas and uh, and Seattle and I guess the rest did too. Yep. So uh, so either way, it's uh, it's it's you know it's okay. I'm sure that there'll be a bigger, larger contingent of fans if we make it to the final. People will find the time to go to either Seattle or Dallas on October second. Well, thanks a lot for joining us today. Well, thank you, Sean, and good luck. And uh, hopefully, it'll be a good game. I'm certainly certainly hoping it'll be a good game. Making out the uh, trip to New Britain and. Uh, different location too will be interesting to see. Absolutely, absolutely. That's why I was thinking of making the drive. My dad lives in New York. I was going to pick him up and come up there, but uh, it's going to be a long one. So uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Depends on how I wake up on Tuesday. Uh, well, I hope you get to make it, and uh, good luck. Well, thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Thanks again. Yeah, okay. that was uh, Marco Rosa from uh, the Carolina Railhawks Public Relations. Uh, it's certainly an interesting team. Uh, their first year. In the USL made it all the way to the semifinals. Uh, sh- should should be a very good game the way Carolina's been playing in this Open Cup, especially the victory over Chicago Fire, as mentioned. Richmond Kickers, who have been the top team in the uh, USL second division, uh, victory over them as well. So this is no easy team to play against. No, not at all. And you know, you you look at a team, and I'm looking at the standings right now. And uh, and right now, the the Ca- uh, Carolina Railhawks currently sit in eighth place. Um, so it's almost like an immediate playoff game for them. Rather than playing out those those last three games on the road, it's almost like an immediate playoff game for them. Not only for them, but for their fans. And obviously, I, it adds to that. It adds to the uh, it adds to the excitement of have of being not only being a first year team, but also being a team that can with a win on. Two Tuesday can advance the U.S. Uh, that can advance the U.S. Open Cup Finals in its very first year. And, and as we mentioned, uh, with the team like Carolina and the games coming up, uh, all these games like them are like all these games for them are like playoff games because of uh, what they need to do to actually make the uh, USL playoffs. So they're going to have some real tough games and, and a real busy stretch for them. So it'll be interesting to see, as we mentioned, just how tired this team is going to be. Uh, this game, the second game of the busy stretch for them, so maybe they'll have a little more you know, life to them than well in these last games. But I, I think they're going to put it all on the line here in this Open Cup game. Oh, absolutely! You're going to be able to tell from you know from the get-go that this that this team is ready to uh, ready to attack and ready to play, and that um you know it, I'm sure that I'm sure the biggest piece of advice that was given to them was take it one is to, is to just take it one game at a time when you when you're looking down a stretch of three consecutive road games within the course of a week. They go to Minnesota, after this. They go to Minnesota, then they go to California. That's that's a lot of airline miles right there. So I'm sure that's not. It doesn't play to their advantage. So I'm sure that by you know they'll they'll do what they can within their own uh, within what they can control and just go out there you know just one game at a time and just play to their best one game one game at a time. And again, that matchup against the Revolution does take place on Tuesday uh, at Veterans Stadium, New Britain, Connecticut. Kicking off is set for uh, seven o'clock p.m. 
I know I'm, I'll be there. Brian's planning on be there. It should be a great game. Uh, we are going to take another quick break here, and we'll be back with uh, some comments we recorded this past week of both Reese and Nickel and their thoughts on the match. for soccer in New England? It's all right here at Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. New England's premier soccer magazine celebrating over 20 years of in-depth soccer coverage. Professional teams, college soccer, men's and women's amateur leagues, youth and high school teams. Soccer New England Magazine's got it covered. Looking for youth soccer camps? You'll find them here. Dedicated to bringing the excitement of soccer home to you with stories, scores, and insights in both print and on the web. Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. Float like a butterfly, hit the upper beat. Plus I'm speedy on the wing like Jamarcus Beasley. I'm a three-ball fighter, take you insider. The mind of a World Cup winning hoorah. I play FIFA 06, which is a kick. And I keep rocking until the button's sick. So when I'm not making, leave you with your back down. Know that I'm like Roy Keane, putting a smack down. I don't know what you've been told. World Cup fever's about to take hold. So act like you know. When that whistle blow, Furious and Fitz G's got game like that's a O. If you live for the game and it runs in your veins, say ole, ole, oh, ole. Back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue on WNRI AM 1380. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. Sean Donahue joined here in the studio by Brian O'Connell. We are going to get right into those uh, audio comments that I mentioned. Uh, the first being Steve Nichol gets to talk to him on Thursday and, and his thoughts on the upcoming Tuesday match against the Carolina Railhawks. Certainly, you seem to put a lot of emphasis on the game, uh, but uh, we do have his comments that I can play now. So you got the uh, Open Cup semifinals coming up. How do you prepare for a team like Carolina that you really don't see too much of? Well, we make some calls and try and get a hold of some tape and just generally see what they're up to. You know, I've seen them a couple of times on TV on a Friday night on the Fox Soccer Channel. So, you know, we're not going into it blind. But, as usual, you know, it's, it's up to us to do our thing. What kind of emphasis have you put on the Open Cup this year compared to, like, the regular season? Same year? as every year. We're going to win it. For a team like Carolina that's new into the league uh, and also kind of struggling for a playoff position, uh, they also have, you know, four games in seven days around that Open Cup. How, how do you think a team like that comes into this game and treats it? I think that might work to your advantage, that, the busy schedule they have? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's tough. We know how, how hard it is playing so many games in a short space of time. So, you know, any advantage we can get, then we'll take. How's the team look coming back from uh, their four days rest finally? Yeah, we're not too bothered, you know. The time off was to relax, so you can't expect first day back to be sharp. It's just a case of getting the legs going again and getting the lungs going. What do the injury situations look like with uh, guys like Noonan who are out in heaps? Noonan will take part tomorrow. He'll train tomorrow. Heaps, he says he's good to go, but he's probably not. 
Uh, any word on Chrisman getting married? Uh, is he going to be around uh, for the Open Cup match? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Aye. Yeah, no, he'll be back Monday morning. And that was uh, Revolution head coach Steve Nichol and uh, his thoughts on the upcoming uh, U.S. Open Cup match. We also talked to Revolution goalkeeper Matt Reese, who played a, a big part in their uh, 4-2 victory over Rochester Rhinos. He gave up two goals in that game, but he did he deserved more credit than he got for some of the big saves he made in that one. And we do have uh, his comments. He's actually won an Open Cup before, as well as an MLS Cup with the Los Angeles Galaxy. Um, we do have his comments and what his thoughts are on this Open Cup competition. So when you were with LA, uh, you were with them for their MLS Cup winning team and their Open Cup winning team, right? Mm-hmm. How does it compare winning the two different competitions? Uh, you know, I think a lot more teams focus on the MLS Cup. I think uh, it's, um, you know, I think a little bit harder to, to go through uh, the, the full year and all the games that you play and then through the playoffs where Open Cup is basically just, you know, five games, four or five games to, to get there. And, uh, you know, I think for a lot of teams it's a you know kind of an afterthought um i think a lot more teams focus obviously on on winning the mls cup than than the open cup but you know anytime you can win a championship it's a great accomplishment for a team and a franchise is it nice to be playing all these different teams in the cup having not having to face an mls team until the final maybe not even then kind of variety there yeah definitely you know it's uh back in the day they uh you, you know you'd play preseasons and you'd play mls teams and then you play league games mls teams open cup mls teams and it's always usually eastern conference western conference so you you know you find yourself playing new york and dc like eight times a year so uh this way it's, it is good it's a little something different and uh you know you you don't know what to expect when you're playing these teams that you never played before so so you can't really be complacent now, do you watch any videos of you know, these teams before you're playing? Uh, not too much. Uh, you try and watch a little bit of video, but, uh, you know, there's there's not too much out there. Uh, a team like Carolina, so first year in there, and uh, they're kind of struggling to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to put a you know big emphasis on this game, maybe rest some players and uh, maybe make it tougher on you that... Uh, the motivation they have going into it? Absolutely. You know, for a lot of these teams that play and a lot of these teams that are in the lower division, this is their this is their year. This is their, you know, their chance to, to win something big. I think, um, you know, they're definitely going to put a lot into it. And they're, they're going to come out and, you know, no matter what video you watch, the, the, the team you see on that, that game day is going to be different from uh, any other stuff that they've uh, that they've seen, that you've seen before. How does this game weigh in importance compared to the Amos regular season? Oh, well, it's huge. I mean, any chance to, to, to make it to a final, to play in a final, to win a championship, it's a huge game. Is it at all if the final would be away if you did make it? No. And again, that was uh, Revolution goalkeeper Matt Reese and uh, his thoughts on the upcoming match. Uh, we were talking earlier about the other MLS results this past weekend. Uh, the other the other one on Saturday was Salt Lake against Los Angeles. Salt Lake getting yet another win uh, against Los Angeles. The uh, two worst teams in the league right now. Salt Lake coming out on top of that one at the Home Depot Center. Uh, Los Angeles, it sounds like David Beckham might not be back into the playoffs, but uh, at this point, I don't think there's any way that the Galaxy are going to be making the playoffs after losing at home to uh, Salt Lake. Uh, so that's going to be a team that's very disappointed with where they are right now. And finally, on Sunday, which is today, earlier today, uh, Colorado Rapids and the Columbus Crew facing off. Uh, the Crew scoring early, uh, but Colorado tying it up. Connor Casey is second goal in two games, second goal of the season. <laughs> uh, so Colorado is kind of turning things around there with a tie on the road, too. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes for them. Uh, they've, they've got a... Uh, ha- oh tall wall to climb to get into, to get back to playoff contention, that's for sure. They've been playing a lot better, though, since they're a 5 to nothing loss to the Seattle Sounders. <laughs> uh, that, that was really a low point of the season for them, and they've really turned things around. 
Uh, but we do have to wrap things up here. Again, the Revolution match uh, taking place on Tuesday against the Carolina Railhawks. Semi-final match uh, in New Britain, Connecticut. Should be a very good game. Uh, and then following that up on Saturday, I believe, against the uh, D.C. United. Another extremely important game there. Uh, so, busy schedule for the Revs and some great soccer coming up. Again, you can listen to the archives of the show at revolutionrecap.com, and we'll be back next week. Service to the Blackstone Valley. This is WNRI One Socket.